Hallelujah. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another exciting episode of CFB Nation, hosted by me, Lever KC, a.k.a. the Governor of College Football. And, of course, we got Nino in the building. Nino, what's happening? Oh, man, I'm fired up and ready to go. I got a lot to talk about this week. You trying to take <laughs> shots at me on Twitter. I see what's going on. Let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> so Nino's already ready. Of course, we're going to recap all things statement week 12 in the wonderful world of college football And I've seen a lot of great things this weekend on Twitter. Seeing this season, the amount of parity that we have in college football, you don't know what to expect week to week. I think I'm worth a lot of people in saying that the four-team playoff system is perfect. I think 12 is too many. If I had my pick, six or eight would probably be where I would want it at. But after this season, four is where it needs to stay. Of course, it's not staying that way. But that's just what I think. Let's kick it off with our first segment. We're talking about this Michigan-Illinois game. It was an ugly game, a purest game, as we like to say. I'm going to give you some of the things, some of my takeaways from looking at this game, and then we can, you know, bounce back to you and see, you know, what were your takeaways. Blake Corn was unstoppable in the first half. J.J. McCarthy, I'm calling you out. If you guys have any plans or be in Ohio State and Columbus this weekend, you have to play much better. And I think the coaching staff has to trust him as their starting quarterback, period. Michigan open drive was phenomenal. It was Michigan type of football. They scored no problem. The slip screen to Quorum was horrible defense by Illinois. Brad, Brad Bielema wants to talk about the, the coaching. I'm, I'm sorry, the refereeing at the end of the game. He may have some merit there, but there's an unwrote, uh, uh, unspoken rule in college. You don't address that in the fast that you uh, addressed it in. But let's talk about there was jet motion. You allow Blake Horn to have a slip screen. At this point, how are we going to allow that to happen? You should be watching number two on every play. You Your team actually played attention to the jet motion. He had a slip screen 40-some yards later. Like, come on. That's just bad coaching. Also, Nino, I know you got a lot to say about this game. I want to hear your takeaways. Let's get right into it. But I, I hate to beat a dead horse, right? Because I've been saying the same thing for a while. I, I just I don't believe in Michigan. I like Michigan. I think they're a good school. But I love Desmond Howard. I love Charles Woodson, two of my favorites. You know what I'm saying? Outside of Dion, I've said that multiple times. She ain't been that. You know, Blake Harm has been that. And by the way, it was 39 yards on the slip screen clean to the house untouched after that he got that one spin around gone uh blake calm he he was everything for the wolverines he's been mm-hmm. everything for the wolverines for such time now mm-hmm. uh you say release jj mccarthy when are they gonna let him go like he he was like he can't pass the ball he can kind of pass the ball sometimes he can't pass the ball 50 percent this this week 208 yards but only 18 yards rushing let him use his legs let him be mobile in the pocket let him get outside the pocket and chuck the rock around they kind of give him like this little cookie-cutter playbook relying on Carm, but you ain't beating the big dogs like that. It was nice to see Ronnie Bell um, get into it. He had two games this year. He was decent. He only had three receptions for 44 yards, but he had a big return in the fourth quarter that led to the field goal. I got uh, I got, to I, I ask you. I hate to interrupt yeah. your take. Go ahead. That punt return, to me, I had to, <laughs> I, I rewinded the play about 17 times. It looked like he did one of those fake fair catches, but I think he literally was just tracking the ball, and that's how he tracks, tracks the ball. 
but it looked like a fair catch a little bit, and he was able to get a big play off of that. So uh, before you finish that, I, I'm glad you touched on Ronnie Bell. What did you think about that play uh, particularly? I see what you see. The hand was up, but he kind of just moved it. There was no, like, back and forth. He just right. moved it from up to the side to track where the ball was, and then it was instantly in his hands. Mm. So, I don't know. It, it, that That's ticky-tack. Like yeah. if, 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 if Brett wants to ticky-tack on that one, Come on. Right, you know right. I, mean? I, I feel you 100%. It was a big play. It was mm. huge for them because it led to a field goal, which led to the MVP for their team, Jack Moody, who hit 4 for 4, 46, 41, 33, 35, and the extra point. He's number one all time. Six kicks made for Jack Moody. Let's give him a little bit. Mm. Give him a little bit because these guys all think I hate the Wolverines. You know what I mean? But 35 minutes of time possession, and you squeaked one, right? You had 11 more minutes of time possession against the Illini, and you, you squeaked one. Down in the end against them. I, I need to see more. I need to see more Cornelius Johnson. He had a, another big catch and run in the fourth <laughs> quarter setup. Another field goal. But you see that you, you see the like that the, the reoccurring theme here is field goals, right? If it's not Corum punching in, they're kicking field goals. There has to be another scoring option outside of Corum and Moody. I need McCarthy to do something. On the other side of the ball, let me get a big flex with Chase Brown. Mm-hmm. Wow. Right? Like, Amazing. That dude, that dude loves contact. He had 29 for 142 touchdowns. He averaged almost five yards for catch uh, for carry. He had three mm-hmm. catches for 40, 24 yards. He broke three tackles on a scoring touchdown. And then he went on a 37-yard untouched TD. How do you not touch? How are you not trying to tackle this dude? Like, and how do you lose him anywhere on the field? They had they had a great busy man. Sidney Brown was all over the place. at DB on defense. He had eight tackles, six solo. And then on the Wolverine side. Junior Colston, again, six tackles, five soul. The key on the Wolverines defense. It came down to that end play where you want to say, BMS says it was a foul, you know, phantom mm-hmm. call, pick play for the first down, 54 seconds left to play. It wasn't called. Shit happens. Pardon my French, it happens. Mm-hmm. You know, you had other opportunities to win the game. Let's not just single it out on that one game. <laughs> Man, this is just, it keeps. Keeps feeling in everything I'm saying about Michigan, right? Mm-hmm. This next week here is gonna is gonna be for all the marbles. Let's see, let's see who can get it done. But they're gonna have to have another option besides Corum because I think Ohio State's just gonna stack the box and say, "Let's go." Have we heard an updated injury report on Blake Corum? Is is he gonna be good to go? In Columbus? I haven't heard anything as of right now. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't I haven't heard anything. We'll have to update you all uh, when we do our right. preview slash predictions. I mean. Tomorrow. Edwards is a dog too. Mm. Donovan Edwards is a dog. He's mm. not Carm. Don't get mm. me wrong. Mm. You know, I mean, Carm's in the Heisman talk, and he should, or he should be. Anyway. Oh, for sure. But um, um, Chase Brown. I'm just I'm wondering uh, where he'll end up uh, next season in the NFL. Um, I think our projections had him as either a day three or a day two um, draft selection, just because the running back position isn't respected. Um, but whoever ends up with him, they're gonna get one heck of a Ooh. running back. I do have a hypothetical for you before we move on to our next segment. Let's go. If Michigan goes and somehow beats Ohio State and Columbus, and whoever decides to win the Big Ten West, I know we were looking at it last week, nobody controlled their own destiny. (laughs) What happens? Are they a playoff team if they beat Ohio State and Columbus, move to 11-0, but somehow lose in the conference championship? Do you still have them as as a playoff team? No. I don't. I, I I would I, that would be would be fading myself out and, and coming back and saying something different. I can't, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have them as a playoff team now. So why if they didn't win 
That would be the only way I think they could get in because I tell you what's the point of having conferences, right? Mm-hmm. If you're not going to have – if the conference winner doesn't make the, the, the playoff, then what's the point of the conference? Mm-hmm. It, makes no, it makes no sense to me, right? Just do away with it. Let's just put them all in one big pot and, and we'll pick the top, you know, four to six and we'll do it that way. There's the reason they have conference still, so – and split conference nonetheless. So if they were to win that, yeah, they I think they could make it that way. If they don't win that, then they're toast. I, they lose to Ohio State, I think they're toast. Phenomenal take Let's talk about this game down in Waco, Texas We're talking about this TCU versus Baylor game Just like the first segment I'm going to give some of my thoughts And then we're going to get into Nino's uh, biggest takeaways from this game Baylor opening drive was impressive Including the 4th and 1 I think we're seeing a common theme in Statement Week Week 12 We've seen it in the Merlin game They were aggressive no matter what Baylor came out in this game And they decided they were going to be aggressive no matter what the fans understood the magnitude of this game, and the crowd was electric. I didn't know what type of crowd we would get down in Waco, but the crowd was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, terrible fourth and one call with three minutes left in the first half. They, it was uh, fourth and one. They went with a pitch to the outside. TCU was able to snuff it out. Boom, they got the stop. And even though Baylor was able to actually score right before the half, uh, it, it was still a ter- terrible call nonetheless. An even worse interception <laughs> right before the half by Blake oh. Shapin. <laughs> I I don't know. <laughs> it was just no a way. bad play. No. Um, big play TCU. They've earned that. I think they lead the nation still in big big plays. Um, and and it, they showed that this game, uh, they can't continue to play from behind, though. I'm, I'm telling you now, if they're somehow able to win this, win this upcoming week, win their conference championship, they get into the college football playoff, you're playing elite teams, you can't continue to play from behind, period. Um, Nino's. Let's talk about your biggest takeaways from this game. This game was exciting. I think Big 12 overall has been giving us exciting football this season. What were your biggest takeaways from this game down in Waco? Uh, all right. First of all, on Friday, I had Coach filling for Jared on P2P, and he said the same thing to me, right? Mm-hmm. That they can't keep doing it. He didn't think they were going to win this game because how are they going to keep winning? Mm-hmm. At what point is it just something that they do, right? Mm-hmm. It's how many come from behind victories? Mm-hmm. Six? Probably four out of the last six, four out of the last five, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's what they do. He's ice cold, right? He He's like vanilla ice Max Dugan. This <laughs> dude is just ice water in his veins. He looks like the, he plays the role, takes the helmet off. His hair looks like he's a quarter. He looks like he's a lineman when he takes his hat. His helmet yeah, off. that's Probably a fact. Dogging it out, right? He is the energizer bunny. He is what is the, the charcoal the brick, whatever it is you got to heat up on the train to get it moving, he's that dude. He keeps the TCU Frogs going. They believe. They never think they're out of it because he never thinks they're out of it, and he just keeps proving more and more. They better write that damn letter, and they better send that dude his invite because if he's not in the Heisman truck after this game, damn, like what else does this man got to do, right? <laughs> they literally brought him back like – Hell, Sonny Dykes got big. Would you ever see that, that meme of Stephon Marbury with the big uh-huh. one? Hey, uh-huh. Bro, Sonny Dykes, they need one with, because you just ran him out there with, what, three seconds? Boy just kicked in and said, Yahtzee, we win. This Keep is what rolling. we do. This is what we do. And this is after and the failed. they rehearsed it. They the failed two-point conversion. Once a week. I thought they once were done after that. Nah. What's that? It's what they do. You mm. said big play? Big mm. play Tay Baba. Is he been getting big plays Talk. week in, week in out? He did it again. Huge catch in the second quarter. Kept them rolling. Got them on the scoreboard. Quentin Johnson was quiet in the beginning. They targeted him seven times. He had four catches, 48 yards. 
12 yards per catch. I can't, you know, nothing I can do about that. But how about this guy, right? Gunner Henderson. It was like picture perfect in the game. They talked about him. He literally came in and he got that touchdown gutsy, put them up in, in that position. They, they took the lead in that game at that point. Yo, open and drive, you said it. Baylor came out like dogs. Right in my guy, Richard Reese. Boom. Big run in the first quarter. Broke like three or four tackles. Kept it going. Yo, I've been saying I love the crazy names, right? Squirrel Williams. Mm. Running back for Baylor. Bro, he was electric. When he was catching, running, he was all over the place. He was like, he, he reminded me of like Kadarius Tony, a little bulky because the dude was just doo, 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 gone. 19 uh, attempts for 112 yards, six almost six uh, yards per catch, uh, per carry. Listen, you cannot throw picks with four seconds left in the second quarter or before the half and expect to win games. Blake Shapin, that one's going to he eat at you for a little bit, my man, because you put three on the board there. It's a total, It doesn't matter what they score at the end of the game. They still lose, right? You needed that. You you got to eat that one. That one's on you. But I'll tell you what. This man made a name for himself. He's been bubbling all season. Had a few games where he was off. Monterey Baldwin. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. 10 targets, 6 receptions for 123 yards. That's 20 yards per catch, right? He also had 67 total return yards. He's 5'9", 164 pounds, and he's a sophomore. People, Debbie guys, go get him. Keep your name out, your eye out for him. Write him down on a piece of paper. Put him next to your, your dry erase board, your laptops, whatever you got to do. This is the guy you need to get. This is the guy you need to watch out for next year. Listen, the Horn Frogs are legit. Sonny Dykes, Sonny Dykes just leaped over Josh Hyper for coach of the year. Facts. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's 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 no doubt about that, especially after that performance that we've seen Saturday. We're going to talk more about that later. All righty. Let's get to a game that uh you and I both talked about in the green room. Very, very interesting game. Uh, Georgia Tech <laughs> plays spoiler in Chapel Hill. I'm going to give you some of my, my takeaways from this game, and I, I can't wait to hear what you have to say. Uh, you know Josh Downs is my guy. You spared me. <laughs> I ain't spared you this weekend, but you definitely spared me this weekend because you, you definitely could have did your thing uh, talking about Josh Downs. But uh, for UNC to be up 17 uh, nothing at home right before the half and lose is embarrassing. Georgia Tech answer before the half was was a pivotal piece of this game to score and get the ball right after half. Big for them. Drake May interception in the red zone late in the third quarter was terrible. I, I'm not sure what he's seen. I don't know if he misread the coverage. I'm not sure if that was a cover two or a cover three. They were they were in zone. I don't know if he's seen them or what. I can't wait to hear what you have to say about that. Um, Mac Brown, the staff made no halftime adjustments. They were cruising. They're like, we're playing Georgia Tech. We're better than them. Here you go. That's all. That's all yep. we got out of them. Yep. Josh Downs, in my opinion, is an elite wide receiver, and he should have made an easy touchdown reception to win this game. Perfect play call. What did they do? They identified that Georgia Tech was in man. They moved him into the backfield. They call a halfback corner, even though it's a wide receiver in the half, uh, uh, at the halfback position. You're a wide receiver, bro. You're supposed to make that play. You're my guy, but you're supposed to make that play. How does he not make the play? I don't know. Like, I thought he caught it. I had to keep looking at the play, and I heard the analysis was like, he got it. No. It, it was heartbreaking to watch that you guys, even though you guys played bad in the second half, that y'all still had a chance to win that game, and you didn't win the game. Um, 
like I said, it was just heartbreaking. Nino, what were some of your takeaways from this game? Here's your chance. Go ahead, shoot. It's time for you to Vince, Vince Carter Olympic-style dunk. Let, let's hear it. So, what, what, what were they doing at the half? Like, back. Hello? <laughs> you guys, I get it. You're in the lead, but you, you did you, nothing. You didn't do anything to adjust to get my boy May sacked six times in the game, right? Which led to me, in my opinion, his pocket awareness was off. I don't know that. There was, the last couple sacks and the pick, he didn't even feel the pressure. He was just like, oh, damn. You know what I mean? Like, come mm-hmm. on, bro. You're supposed to be that dude, right? Number one in FBS and, and uh, touchdowns and, and yards thrown. So, I know someone's a little off there. Elijah Green is legit. Mm. Wow. That first play of the game, that opening 80-yard touchdown run was smoke show. Break a man. See ya. I'm out. Big boy was doing his thing. Deuces. You know, <laughs> I'm going to say this. Uh, he... He's come on as of late, and this is a guy I'm going to be looking for because I'm, I'm big into the tight ends because it's not very many that actually bubble. But Bryson Nesbitt, wow. Dude, he's going to be a problem. He's a big-body guy, good hands. He loves contract, and he does not fall down easy. Like he, you got to hit him. He's going to bounce off a guy. He's going to get a couple more yards. He had six targets, six receptions, 85 yards. That's 21.3 yards per catch. Write that name down. Watch out. I'm not going to talk about you guys. All I'm going to say is the ball was in the perfect spot. Could have been up a little bit higher, but hit it was away from everybody. Nobody else could get the ball but Downs. Unfortunately, it didn't go down that way. Yo, Hassan Hall, let's give them a little bit of respect. Mm-hmm. Hassan Hall for the Yellow Jackets balled out. He was a lightning bolt for them, okay? He was a spark right in the beginning of the first, uh, first quarter. He had a big run, followed it up with a one-yard touchdown run after that. Dude, he had two kick returns totaling 50 yards. Four receptions for 57 yards. That's 14 yards per catch. So running back, he did everything for them. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to you know, lie. I was pretty impressed. He didn't do much as a as an actual passer, but I'm going to destroy this name. Power Macha, or whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. Power Macha. Dude, he got some big ones on him out there. Goal line runner as QB. He, he had that touchdown, but he was banging around there with them big boys. Yo, offensive coordinator Tim Long was in his bag for the Jackets. They were doing screens. They were doing wildcat. They had direct snaps. They were doing anything and everything they needed to do to win this game. And they did. And Keanu White on the defense decided seven tackles, seven solo, five tackles for loss and three sacks. But there was no answer for the defense. I don't know what they were doing. Tar Heels, that offensive line got manhandled. They had no answer for the pass rush. It was bad. Um, on the defensive side for the Tar Heels, there was a stud, and that was Cedric. You know, Cedric Gray, linebacker, 12 tackles, eight uh, solo tackles, and he had two tackles for loss. Man, you know, he's going to take a lot of heat and probably pounce him out of the Heisman talk for this game because, like you said, that pick was kind of really, really, really bad. You know, mm-hmm. the, I don't know what he was looking at. Like I said, I think pocket awareness was off. You know, the pressure kind of got to him. And it was late in the game. But, yeah, they're going to drop out. They'll probably be in the 20s. Hope's pretty much gone now, right? Yeah, my yeah, opinion. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna plummet after that game, and even with how poorly they played, they still had an opportunity to win that game. And listen, all teams go through that. We seen Ohio State struggle this weekend. We seen Ohio State struggle when they play Northwestern. These type of games are going to happen. It's college football. Like these teams know you. They play you annually. 
So these type of games yeah. happen, but you need to find a way to win. Drake may put them in a position to win. Josh Downs didn't make the catch. Shout out Georgia game. Tech, though. Because mm-hmm. since the firing of the head coach, yes, they've sir. been on a roll. Yes, sir. They've been on a roll. They've won a couple of games here that they weren't expected to win. So shout out to Georgia Tech and, and, and you know, the interim coach. I don't know his name right now off the top of my head. But listen, you're up 17 nothing at UNC, right? And you still got beat by nine minutes of time of possession. You still got beat in yards uh, of offense total. And you got beat in total first downs, 19-16. Man, how? That's something you got to look yourself in the mirror and say, how? When you're up 17 nothing, You know what I mean? Come on. Terrible. Proof, proof is in the pudding. Let's go out to Pac-12 country. We're going to talk about this uh, Utah and Oregon game. And, of course, you, you see the drip. <laughs> I know you see it. Um, I, I got to admit, uh, one thing I have to admit is that Bo Nix, when, when I first heard of the transfer, I told you this before, that I thought it was a great pickup for Oregon. I think it would blossom and balloon into what, is, what it has Absolutely not. I, I couldn't have told you that. But Oregon dominated the first half. It was great to see how physical this Oregon team played. This was a Dan Lanning type of win for Oregon, and I couldn't be more elated for him. I uh, didn't know how well Bo, Bo Nix would play. You know, he was a game-time decision. Definitely didn't utilize his legs. That's a big part of his game. Uh, the reverse Oregon tried. Bo Nix is on the sideline on their own goal line. What's a bad call? But like, your defense played amazing, and you just sit here and gave Utah free seven points. Terrible call. Cameron Rising played terribly. You look at this game just a year ago, Utah dominated this team in Salt Lake City. It was terrible. It was a bad game. A game in, in, uh, that I actually called. I, I said that Utah would win big uh, when they when those two teams played last year. Didn't know it would be that big, but Cameron Rising played back. But you can't say it's all on him. Shout out to the Oregon Ducks defensive line. They were getting their hands up. They were able to bat some balls. Oregon was able to get some some interceptions out of it. So it was, just, it was a great win. It was a Dan Lanning type of win. We haven't really seen Oregon get a lot of these style wins, but this is the way Dan Lanning wants his team built. Pass it to you, Nino. What were your biggest takeaways? Listen, it was a great weekend in Utah, right? So, that's a dub, right? Before we get into all that, Dan Lanning after the the, the L ate everything like a, a legitimate head coach should and was pissed off that they lost. Ate it all. We need to change this. That's on me. We need to fix this. That's on me. What do they come out and straight blow doors on defense? Pressure all over the place. Get Cam moving. Get Cam uncomfortable. Make him take turnovers. Three. What did I say last week? Why is Sewell in coverage, right? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, this game, boom, pressure, pressure, pressure. He got to pick off a tip ball because he was pressuring. Everybody in front of him was pressuring. He was mm-hmm. all in the face. Like he was in the backfield. He was cut. Ain't nobody covering Kincaid. I don't care who. That boy's dog. He's a, he's a he's beast. Going to the NFL. He's a beast. Yes, sir. Right. N- number two, beside, outside of that guy from Notre Dame, uh, in, in my rankings, I think Kincaid will be in the NFL. And he was could probably be a day one starter for a team. He's got all the intangibles in the size. Um, but listen, Bo, right? 25 37, 287 touchdown. An INT, a negative three yards rushing. He was immobile, right? Bailey could go. If they came close, he kind of just dove forward and fell down. But he got the job done. He was a magician on a TD pass to Franklin, okay? 
And if you don't think he can play in the NFL, if you just think it's just some Pac-12 baloney schemed up, running around, throwing the ball, that ball, the Thornton Jr., with a minute 30 left in the second quarter, was a straight NFL throw. Right in his hands, full stride, leading him. Beautiful. Okay? Watch it. Get some respect for him. But they get it done. Bucky Irvin is the dude, huh? Yes. Big catch and screen in the first quarter. That led to the touchdown. And it was it was nice to see the youth, right? The youth show up outside of Franklin. Hudson, balling, 12 targets, 9 receptions, 56 yards. Deontay Thompson, sophomore, 6, six targets, 4 receptions, a buck 51. Yo, real quick, that's 37.8 yards per catch. Dog, getting it done out there. Defensive side of the ball, like I said, Sewell was doing his thing. Eight tackles, four solo, two tackles for loss, a pick, and a pass defense. Called it. They heard me, I guess. He showed up. Bennett Williams, cornerback, 14 tackles. That's right, cornerback, 14 tackles, seven solo, two picks, two pass defenses. Physical. He was hitting everybody hard out there. They got to Cam. They literally, listen, they they ruptured the mojo when they missed the, the field goal in the first quarter. That hurt. That screwed up everything they were, they were trying to do. They just didn't want to keep getting the points on the board. Oregon got neck groove and started going. It said to you a couple weeks ago, I don't know what happened to Tavion Thomas, but 1955 is not going to get it done. When your quarterback is 7 for 43 and he's almost out rushing you, that is not going to get it done. They need a presence in the backfield outside of Rising. Rising got pressured 170 yards. This is the same team that played USC, right? This is the same team that gave USC a hard time, right? Yep. Same the same team that beat USC? Right? Didn't they? Are they the only team that beat USC? Yeah, exactly. So, who plays USC next in, in two weeks? Should be, it, anyway. Should be USC and, and Oregon, right? Because it depends. They're, they're going to need some help. Who? Because if, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, if Washington wins, it's Washington and USC because they, they did away with the division. So based on conference, based on overall record, it will be Washington and USC. So they they're gonna need really? some help. They're gonna need the Cougars to beat Washington this upcoming week. I could have sworn if, if Oregon won, I thought. Did, it was did they control? USC. Do, do they control their own destiny? I thought they. I was looking at the conference destiny. standards earlier. I, it's it's you possible. You might be right, but I'm almost I'm almost a hundred that they mm. they control their own destiny. Anyway, okay. what I'm saying is they just manhandled the team that beat USC. Mm-hmm. Fully healthy, mind you, right? Mario Williams has been playing for them. They were fully healthy when Utah beat them. Yeah, they were. Just saying. Landing's got these guys fired up. And I love it. Absolutely love it. Bo's going to get a little, you know, he's got a couple days to get a little healthier. They're protecting him. They rallied around Bo. And another thing, another win on, on, on Oregon side is Dante Moore confirmed going to Eugene. Said it over the weekend again. He's locked in. There's your QB1 for the future if Bo goes to the NFL next year. Love it. Wow. I, I enjoy these Oregon uh, segments. I enjoy these just as much as I enjoy the Kentucky segments. But wow. listen, as I always like to say, do something nice for somebody you normally wouldn't do. Always pay it forward. Peace and love. Peace and blessings. And until next time, put the fingers in the air. One. Packs and lunch. <laughs> <laughs>